0: Welcome to Intersections, the RIT podcast. Entrepreneurs have lots of ideas, but what does it really take to turn one of those ideas into a viable business? Today, Rich Noter giacomo director of RIT's Venture Creations Technology Business Incubator, talks with Brandon Hudson, an applied arts and science major in the School of Individualized Studies, and the first student selected for RIT's Gap Year Entrepreneurship Fellows Program about the path taken by his award-winning energy services company, Conexus. Let's talk a little bit about about the business. How did you get started on this?
1: I guess I'll step back a little bit and talk about what it is. So we design um, energy management systems, um, and it's kind of an Internet-connected platform designed for homes, small and medium-sized commercial buildings. Um, And basically what it does is integrates all the heating and cooling, ventilation energy and also safety equipment inside the building and then offers the you know, end occupant as well as their contractor the ability to better you know, monitor the health and performance of that facility. Um, and so with that I actually didn't come up with the idea. The company was founded in 2013 with a few of my partners um, and one of them Eric Schumann is an RIT alum and uh, we're both computer science house members and so back in 2014 he actually came to visit and um, you know came to floor looking for someone to do web design at the time and I ended up getting linked up with him and uh, you know, went through my portfolio. He kind of pitched me on the idea and I was, uh, I was like 17 at the time. And so it all sounded exciting. You know, Nest had been recently acquired as well a few years back. And so I saw you know, billion-dollar signs and I was like, great, sign me up for this two-year journey and uh, we'll make a lot of cash. And uh, you know, here we are five years later. A
0: lot of times with entrepreneurs who start businesses, we see something in their backgrounds that tie them to this particular industry. So you already mentioned Nest's big exit. But was there anything else about HVAC that pulled you in and said, hey, I've got to, I got to dedicate the next few years of my life to this?
1: You know, it started as me you know, wanting to tackle an interesting problem from an engineering perspective. I had no background going into it. I knew nothing about HVAC, um, learned quite a bit over the past few years. Um, but I think that what I found is that there are so many challenges to solve. All the technology in this industry has been matured for about 40 years and uh, really hasn't changed in a significant way. The smart thermostat's the biggest you know, advance in the industry in a while. Um, and so with that, I think as we kept getting more and more into it, there were more and more challenges to keep solving. And um, that's when I kind of fell in love with, with this process.
0: What does success look like for you with, with with this company?
1: You know, when we look at defining success, that's an interesting one. And I've spent a lot of time thinking about that myself because I think a lot of people define success in money. They define success in having things, um, maybe it's titles or awards. Um, for me, what I look at with success in this company is the ability to, you know, freely pursue the ideas and kind of the dreams that I have without pause. And so what kind of drives that is obviously the ability to fuel the fire with capital, because at the end of the day, the bills always have to get paid and you got to keep the lights on. Um, but it's also knowing that we're making an impact. And I think that really matters to me, because as I've stepped more and more into this space, you know, I've become, I think, much greener um, and, and kind of looking at this energy efficiency space, realizing that... You know, the problems that we have against us are really high-stake problems, and if we don't have quick solutions in, you know, the next five to ten years, we're going to do irreversible damage for our kids and our grandkids. And I think that, you know, success for me, again, is, is kind of looking at the ability to to tackle this and, and not have to worry about all the contingencies around it. It's really the ability to pursue this, this higher-level goal of, of transforming the building space for me right now.
0: What do things look like 20 years from now? Where, where are you and what are you doing?
1: That's a good question. From the perspective of connexus I see another 10 to 12 years just because there is so much work to be done. Um, and so after that, I, I, you know, to be honest, I haven't really thought about it. Um, I'm not one to specifically plan the exit. I think that if we run the company well, the exit's going to come and, and my gut's going to tell me whether or not it's the right time. And if I still love what I'm doing, I'm going to keep doing it. Sure. And uh, when I don't, I'll find another plan A.
0: My understanding is you're you're uh, you've just received a, a, a nice award, the yeah. the um, McCord uh, scholarship. Can you tell us a little bit about that and what that means to you and what you've learned through yeah. talking to Austin
1: McCord? Yeah, so it's um it's definitely a privilege to to be the first in this program. Basically, what what it does is affords me the year to um, to work on this freely, um, and I get a stipend from the university, which helps me afford some of my expenses um, as we're kind of you know working to get toward profitability in our business. Looking specifically at, you know, conversations with Austin, um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from him. I met with him a couple times um, kind of through this as he's been in town. Um, and so, you know, getting a lot of feedback as far as, you know, kind of the, the structure of the business and almost, you know, investor-esque talk, um, but not necessarily scoped that way, but a lot of, you know, like challenging the points that that we work on every day. Um, and so it's been you know, a great exercise in that regard to kind of, you know, test our laurels, if you will.
0: What made you decide to come to RIT?
1: That's another interesting one. So I had two choices. Um, here in Berkeley. Um, I was, you know, basically deciding, you know, early decision between the two. I fell in love with campus and I don't really know how to describe it. It was just kind of a gut feeling. I was, you know, early applied to Computer Science House and in that whole community, and that was definitely a large factor for me in coming here. Um, and I'm glad I did because, you know, some of our early investors, most of our advisors and a lot of my connections come through that. But with that in mind, I think, you know, it was just kind of a gut Feeling that I needed to be here.
0: So you had mentioned, I think, that you'd become, you, you became part of Conexus in was it 2013. Was it 14? 14. 14. Yeah. Okay. What what sort of you know entrepreneurial small business background did you bring to the table when you joined them?
1: Yeah. Um, so the answer in short is I learned all of it um, on the job, and that's because I had a, a previous venture to this, um, Click, which was a watch band adapter for the Apple Watch. Um, and we put it on Kickstarter and we did pretty well. Um, you know, we had like 15,000 you know, backers and early customers. Um, but the you know, retail e-commerce chain and you know, mechanical product supply chain logistics from China is very different than our business model. And so you know, what I learned was a lot of the general principles of you know, understanding like our corporate structure still applied because we were an LLC. But pretty much everything else went out the window and we had to start over and learning. And so it was really a lot of learning um, on the job, and I it didn't even come in starting as you know the business guy, right? We didn't really have one in, in 2014. It was all engineers, and we had you know a sales guy that was our contractor, and so he just was kind of doing his own work, and you know, happened to be selling our system, so we could tinker, and so I kind of morphed over time, you know, and eventually took on the role of CEO um, back in August of uh, 17. Um, But it was all really learned on the job and and trying to figure out how to commercialize this. Because at the end of the day, if, you know, the way I looked at it, I told the team, I said, I've got 18 months till I graduate and I need to be able to make money to keep doing this. And so we got to figure that out and it's going to take some time. Um, And that's kind of how everything came to fruition. I think one of the the most interesting facets for me about RIT is kind of the, the dual pronged, you know, student venture, which is academic, you know, kind of through the Simone Center. And then the... The side that is you know kind of commercialized your adventure creations, and I guess you know, I know you coach or kind of you know, lead at both, if you will. What, what's that dynamic like?
0: There, there's a lot of similarities, and there's one core difference. You know what we do in applied entrepreneurship, what we do in summer startup, and what we do here at Venture Creations is pretty much the same because we kind of had the same architects on it, and we were all working from the same playbook. The key thing that's different is here at Venture Creations. We're about economic development, so it's all about the business. Whereas on campus, it's a more it's more of an educational objective. So our expectations for businesses that actually mature and become real businesses, our expectation is much, much higher. Whereas on campus, the expectation is that the students are gonna learn what they need to learn, and, and the, the business that they're using almost as a, as, a, as a case study may or may not go anywhere, but as long as they can learn the tools. And as or more importantly, what life of an entrepreneur is like, it's one thing to know the tools and be comfortable with the tools. It's another thing, as we were talking before, um, is this what I want to do with the next five, ten years of my life? And, and the thing is, I think if you ask yourself the question, it's probably not you. Because the ones that are don't have to ask they're just doing it
1: I think that social media specifically has you know painted entrepreneurship in this wonderful you know glorified light of you know private jets and you know champagne bottles and fast cars you know and then you wake up and you realize you know you're in the grind in every overnight success that you know, Turns into a billion dollar company takes 10 to 15 years of nothing. Yes. You know, and working poor effectively for the most part. So I'm really big on trying to convey that message because I think that, you know, it will sift through the people that are meant for it or or have the potential to it and the people that, you know, are better off pursuing some other aspect of their dreams. Um, And I think that, you know, to a certain degree, it's that sense of realism that almost sounds like the bad guy in the room sometimes. You don't want to tell somebody not to pursue something. But, you know, it's like you might not have the character drive, but at the same time, if I'm wrong and you do, now you got the edge, you're going to prove me wrong, right? And in which case, you know, I was wrong, not the first time. That's the way I kind of look at that. And so I guess kind of in a similar vein, um, there have been a couple, yeah, I know of a handful of student ventures that have kind of come out of the, the Simone Center and actually become, you know, real businesses. What do you see as the commonality of, student entrepreneurs that end up turning into successful, what I'll call real-world entrepreneurs?
0: For one, um, they're extremely passionate about their business. Okay? I, I think that's prerequisite. right? It, there's, you know, it, it's, a, it's a long, tough road, and if, you, if you're not fully passionate, you, you're not, not going to make it. Okay? The second thing that I would say is, um, this is a little self-serving, but I think it's true, and, and that's openness to being coached. We encourage people to go out and seek multiple coaches, multiple points of view, multiple sets of expertise. We'll help them sort it out. But one of the things that truly separates the, the successful from the less than successful is that point. These jobs are so complex, right, that this task of creating this business so complex. There are certain areas of, of, of skill set that don't always reside in one person. Uh, there are attitudes and, and, and energies and preferences that don't all reside in one person. What have you learned
1: about the power of the team? The team is the single most important thing about any company because at the end of the day, the product's going to change, the market's going to change, the economy's going to change, the customer's definitely going to change. And so with that, if you don't have solid people around you that are willing to roll with the punches and kind of take that journey in a really fast-paced way, you're never going to get it off the ground. And I think that you know it's something that... I didn't realize at seventeen coming in and, you know, taking on the role of CEO, I've had to learn a little bit more about, you know, what it really means to take on that aspect because at the end of the day, as we scale out more, that really is my only job is to ensure that, you know, I, I kind of set a North Star, you know, and, and we kinda test our assumptions on where that North Star gets placed, right? But i set the north star and make sure people have the right tools to do it and at the end of the day if someone isn't the right person for the job i have to have that hard conversation because the the only objective is to get to that north star and so yeah i think to your point you know it is the team dynamic is critical and i think at the same time most of the time you find that the people you start with aren't the people you end with um and that's just because you know much like life right people grow apart they grow together and it's just part of that journey you know, with that, a lot of, you know, students and, and I think early entrepreneurs in general get so enamored with the structure as opposed to just doing things. We have certain titles because we're kind of, you know, as a corporation, you have to name a leader. Um, but with that in mind, you know, we're just four or five guys, you know, soon to be six chasing a dream. And uh, and eventually, hopefully, that's 16 and, and 26 and 106 and so on and so forth. Um, but, you know, it's it's not about the structure and the ownership and all of that. It's about, you know, what are we going to do here? What's really the the meat on the bone?
0: Thanks for listening to Intersections, the RIT podcast, a production of RIT Marketing and Communications. To learn more about our university, go to www.rit.edu. And to hear more podcasts, find us on iTunes or tune in or visit us at www.soundcloud.com slash RIT Tigers.